Welcome to Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharp. Scott, great to see you once again. You're back. Yeah, good to see you. Ah, the plants today must be wearing gumboots after this weekend. They must be. They'll be popping up umbrellas as well. They will be, won't they? They've got the anoraks on. Yeah, <laughs> Not well, good for him. What do you got for tourists today, Scott? Well, we're going to answer a question for Tina. She emailed in. Uh, she's got some fern problems, so we'll go over that a little bit later on. Yep. Also going to be talking about agapanthus. They're out in flower in full bloom at the moment. Heaps of them out there and blueberry ash as well. A nice little tree for the garden out in flower as well at the moment. And we got an email earlier this week, Scott, from Tima. Yeah, we did get an email from Tina. Uh, it's a, a bit of a, a terrible story. It's a fern issue, isn't it? It is a fern issue. It's, it's not looking a real flash for her at the moment. It's a, one of those hanging Boston ferns. Uh, it's dropping all its leaves everywhere. Um, we've got some photos of, of Tina um, showing us what's happening on the underside of the leaves. And you know, the plant does look a little bit sad, doesn't it? I'd be taking it firstly, probably Tina, down from the hanging position and uh, getting it uh, you know, into a, a spot where you can look after it a little bit better, just make sure it's being watered more regularly. Um, not in any more sun or anything, of course, but just somewhere where it's uh, you know similar conditions, but it's a little bit more accessible for you. Uh, now, Tina has said that she's been noticing some nodules on the stem and we also have some handy photos of that as well and those are little nodules she's broken off and you can see that they're brown but there's sort of white in underneath there and that's actually a little scale insect in under oh, that. Right. yeah that's what the scale insect is it's the bit you can see in under the brown sort of coating when you when you take it off uh, so that little insect's in there sucking away at the sap of the plant doing a whole lot of damage that's why it's losing its leaves and generally looking a little bit tired so how do you get rid of scale? Yeah, so look, at there's actually an, another problem that scale can bring on it can, because the ants come up to uh, the feed on the... Uh, the on the insect. Yeah, well, the insect or the yeah. honeydew or the residue yeah. that that uh, the scale insects exude. And so the ants come up to fit on that. They bring up fungal spores and all of a sudden you've got, uh, you know, sooty mould on your plant as well. Probably not so bad for uh, Tina because she's got the, the plant hanging up. A bit hard for the ants to get there. Um, they could climb up onto the roof and well, scale down. It'll be one of those little land trains that keep on going and going. It'd be, put them in a maze. It'd be great to watch them get back out. But anyway, so look, the way to get rid of that, Tina has been spraying with soapy water. Not going to do the trick for you, unfortunately, Tina. You might have to use something a little bit uh, heavier. There's a product called Eco Oil or Pest Oil that you can get. Yep. Uh, white Oil as well will get rid of scale. And what it does is it chokes up that waxy brown uh, shell so that the uh, insect actually can't you know effectively breathe through there so that that's a way of getting rid of scale if that's not working for you you can then mix uh, you know for instance some pyrethrum spray uh, with your uh, you know your white oil or your yep. eco oil that then allows the white oil to break down that shell and it lets the uh, poison go in there and uh, kills the, uh, the little scale insect in there. Um, eventually, once it's dead, it'll just sort of flake off, so you don't really have to worry oh, about okay, getting right rid of it. Yeah. So you don't have to wipe it off or anything? Or... No, no, you don't. And look, I think it's something you'd probably do again in a couple of weeks' time just to do a follow-up and uh, make sure that uh, all's well. Right, yeah. So first thing, take it off the, the hook. Yep. Make it accessible. Yep. Water it and then rub some oil or spray some oil there. Spray, spray some clear white oil. I thought you, had, not, to, I thought you had to rub it on it's there. Not, it's not a massage parlor for, <laughs> for the fern, mate. <laughs> so, yeah, just a spray of the white oil and that uh, should clear it up. Uh, check it in a couple of weeks' time and see if it's uh, flaky. And that's it for you. Hope that works for you, Tina. Excellent. Very good. And we've got June from Morissette and she's got some white powdery stuff on her gardenias and radish leaves. Oh, I like that level of technicality. White powdery stuff. <laughs> June, how can we help you? Well, I want to know what the white powdery stuff is and what <laughs> I can do for it. 
uh, I've got these gardenias and they're um, nearly finished flowering now and all of a sudden I've got the powdery there right where the uh, the flower is growing there and I've got the powdery stuff going and um, and it seems to be get on the leaf a little bit, looks a bit black and quite a bit sticky. Yeah, okay. I think you've got pretty much what we were just talking uh, to Tina about her fern, a poor fern. Uh, and you've got uh, scale, I think, on your gardenias. And it's quite usual for uh, gardenias to get scale. Uh, mm. And they're one of those plants that, uh, yeah, they're in the garden. And like we were saying, with the fern, it's a bit hard for the ants to get and bring the powdery mildew up. Um, but in the garden, of course, they just come straight up from the soil and uh, feed on that uh, that powdery mildew. Oh, sorry, on the, uh, the residue from the scale. And then mm. they bring up the powdery mildew. Uh, to the to the plant and create those problems that you've got. Yeah, uh, I so, noticed a few uh, ants sort of on. It's in a pot, and it's a few ants um, around the pot itself, sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. So what you'd really need to do now is get rid of that scale on the first hand. And mm. as we we're telling Tina, uh, you need to use some white oil or some eco okay. oil and uh, yeah. spray that all around uh, on the plant. You know, nice and liberally up inside, up and underneath the uh, the leaves, so it's getting all on those scale insects. It'll choke mm. them up, and eventually they'll sort of flake off and dry up, and you can just get rid of them very easily. Did you say white oil or eco oil? Yes, there's two yeah, different okay. things you can right. use. Yep. Okay. Now, if it turns out that they're not, you know, having exactly the the uh, you know success that you need, you can mm. mix some pyrethrum. Room, uh, with that, and okay. that'll just help mm-hmm. you know get rid of the uh, okay. get rid of the scale right. without necessarily harming you know too many other insects yep. out there in the yep. world. Yep. Now, okay. once you've done that, though, you have to get rid of that uh, sooty mold, powdery mildew, whatever's on there. It's usually mm-hmm. sooty mold with gardenias, and so for that, you do need a, a fungicide. So you can get uh, copper oxychloride. Uh, you can get some Mancozeb Plus. Now they're both uh, fungicides that you can mix up. We've and got magazine, magazine. Yeah, Man- Mancozeb, it's called. I know we, have, we have funny names for things, don't we? <laughs> uh, how do you spell that? M-A-N-C-O-Z-E-B. Yeah, so that that's a fungicide. You spray that all over. You probably do that, you know, the day after you've sprayed for the scale insect. Yep. And you can then repeat that process probably in about you know a week or so's time, a fortnight's time, mm-hmm. uh, and then what you'll find is that that sooty mold also will just sort of go flaky and start to peel off the leaves, and that will keep that under control. You might also just need to you know if you've got some of that pyrethrum mixed up, just maybe a bit of a drench around where the ants are, mm-hmm. uh, try and keep them under control because they'll just keep on bringing those fungal spores up from the ground. Uh, if you've got the uh, the uh, Mancozeb Plus or the copper oxychloride, you can also spray some of that around the base of the plant uh, yeah. in, on the soil to try and get rid of those spores as well. Okay, all right, okay. Rightio. Now, I've got radishes growing and I've got everything else in there as well no, and nothing's eating all the others, but the radish leaves are being eaten with something. Right, Okay. And have you had a good look for, you know, little tiny snails or anything or slugs yeah, lurking yeah. around? Yeah, I looked around again this morning. I couldn't see anything there at all. But, um, yeah, but uh, I looked at it and it was the only plant that looked anything's eating, <laughs> being eaten. Okay, so first port of call, I would put down some, uh, you know, slug and snail bait. Yeah, uh, try I and did. Se- I put that down. Okay, see if that yeah. works for you. Otherwise, then it's going to be a little grub or a flying insect of some sort. Uh, the only thing you can do then is if you've got the pyrethrum spray mixed up, yep. uh, you could have a gentle spray around with that we'll as that. well, in okay. under the leaves as well, in case mm-hmm. they are little grubs, and uh, see if that gets it under control for okay. you. Okay. A, a good All rule right. of thumb, though, is the grubs will, you know, sort of chomp away around the outside of the leaves. 
Mm. Uh, you know, the snails or, you know, they'll sort of feast all over the leaf, so you might end yes, up with Yes, well, this is sort so. of little, tiny little holes all over over the leaf. Okay. So it might just be you've got some very small slugs and things in yeah. there, and it might... I had might... a look, I couldn't see them, but that doesn't mean anything. Well, I unfortunately... I have a better look now. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't. I mean, I, I've got the best snails at my place. There are thousands of them in my front hedge, but uh, you go out and try and find them if it's not raining. You can't see <laughs> one of them, but as soon as it rains, they're all over the footpath, all over the path, they're everywhere. So, yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. they are very good all at hiding. Right. Mm. Yeah, all right then. Okay, thank you kindly. Okay, June, have a I nice afternoon. I'll try it. Okay, thank you a lot. Bye-bye. Bye. We've got Rick now from Cessnock, and he's got some plants that are turning brown and not seem to be dying. Hey, Rick, how can we help you? Hello. Um, I've got bibbies, and I've planted them along the fence, and they were growing really well, but with the, the, all of a sudden the leaves have turned like a yellowy bone colour. Um, so I went and cut them all back yesterday, but I'm not sure if they're dying or not. The stems still look green, but the leaves have got a funny colour. Yeah, okay. So you've given them a cutback. Uh, have you been fertilising or anything recently? Yes. Um, I went to a local place here and they told me to get some... They sold me some um, all-purpose fertiliser. Right. So I put that... And I also put them on two um, hydrangeas. Mm-hmm small hydrangeas that I just planted about a month ago. And the leaves, they had flowers already on them, although they were small, and the leaves and the flowers have all drop off, dropped off. Oh, I wonder if you might have overused it a little bit. Or the, okay. And the, and the other thing with, with plants, if a plant is under stress, you know, you've already yep. seen some yellowing leaves or, yep. uh, you know, it's drooping or something, then yep. I always say don't use fertiliser because it just adds to the stress of the plant. Uh, so oh, okay. in those situations, I just say, look, water, 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 um, and yep. just, you know, try and flush anything, um, you know, bad yep. out, try and reduce the stress on the plant. Um, yep. So... Now, that all-purpose fertiliser, uh, is your hydrangea, for instance, in a pot or is it in the ground? No, it's in the ground. It's, it's the under ground. an awning at the front. Okay. So it doesn't, the rain doesn't get to it, but I, um, I water it. And they need quite a bit of water, don't they? They, they do. Hydrangea's a very vascular plant. They do need a lot of water. Um, so I'm wondering if it might have been a bit stressed as well for some reason. Uh, look, all you can do now is is keep fingers crossed and keep on watering yep. the plants. Obviously, probably not such a great you know issue at the moment with all the rain we've had. Yep. Um, yep. But certainly keep on watering them. Try and flush any of that fertiliser away now because we don't want to overstress yep. the plants anymore. Yep. Um, but as yep. long as the stems are still green, plants are very resilient. Yep. Now, you know, they will try and come back. Uh, you know, they'll drop their leaves to you know try and cope. And then they'll have another yep. crack. So they, they will try and come back for you. Um, so don't sort of, you know, pull them out and, and think you've done the wrong okay. thing. Just hold on, you know, a few more weeks and see what happens. Okay. Sorry, and one, one other thing with the hydrangeas. How often should they should I water them? Yeah, well, with, with hydrangeas, uh, yeah, very often in summer. Uh, you know, once you start getting those really hot, scorching days, uh, yep. as you're aware, very, very vascular plant and they will just droop. Uh, so I would be watering in those hot days, you know, once, even twice a day just to try and, uh, you know, keep okay. them going when it's very, very scorching. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks for the call, Rick. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's Guarding Talk back on to when you are FM. If you've got a question, 49216216. And we've got Pam, also from Cessnock, and she's got a question about her potted geranium. 
Oh, oh, oh. Seems as though Pam is has gone. But they are a great plant for uh, pots, geraniums. Are they? Yes. Yeah. Very, very good because they're uh, they're very, very drought tolerant. They'll uh, tolerate heat, and you get lots and lots of flowers. So uh, you can put them in hanging pots as well and get them up high. Uh, and uh, there's lots of different colours you can get as well: pinks, whites, uh, different varieties. But yeah, a really tough plant for out in the full sun. All right. I think we might have Pam back. Are you there, Pam? Yes. Hey, Hi. Pam. <laughs> How can we help you with your geraniums? I well, I had a lovely potted geranium. A lot of people used to stop and check it because they all thought it was a fake one. But over the last couple of months, it started to die off. And a friend kept looking at it saying, the soil's too dry, soil's too dry. So I kept watering it. And last week, I thought, oh, it's starting to grow again because it was sitting up a bit. And when I went and had a look, there was toads growing underneath in the soil that was pushing it all up. And I dug out, I'd say, maybe a dozen toadstools out of the pot. Would that have been killing it off? Oh, look, it, it quite possibly could have been. No, they might have been putting some sort of pathogen into the soil. Uh, but look, geraniums do like dry conditions, as I was saying just earlier. Uh, it doesn't mean, you know, they don't want to be watered every now and again. So... Uh, it's an interesting issue you've got and if it is in a pot you know and the plant's gone i'd probably just discard that soil in a plastic bag and put it into the garbage and and get rid of it and 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 start again unfortunately Um, it was a beautiful plant people mm. used to stop and they were they would it was they thought it was artificial it was a little tiny green shiny leaf i was told well Sticker said it was a geranium. Yeah, it, it, it might well have been an ivy geranium. They have a really yes, nice, shi- yeah, they have a beautiful yes. shiny leaf, and uh, yeah, they'll they'll uh, sort of trail down if you've got them in yes. a hanging pot. So, um, yeah, a very very nice and easy plant to look after. Sounds like for some reason yours has just you know gone a little bit wayward, and then it might be that those uh, you know fungal spores have got into the into the soil and done some more damage. So, uh, I'd just discard that potting mix now and uh, probably start again. Unfortunately. Oh, okay. okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, no, that's all right. So uh, good luck with the new one, Pam. I hope people okay. uh, take a look and compliment you on it as well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. And we've got Ruth from Murray's Beach, and she wants to get rid of some wandering dew. Uh, Hi. Good afternoon, Ruth. Fine. What's What's I've been got, happening in the garden? Oh, I've got a fairly, um, fairly medium to sort of large size. Native, mostly native garden at Murray's Beach. A very, it's never been landscaped. I've done all of that. It's just a natural looking. And the, the native, it's, I think it's the native wandering dew is just following up, pop, popping up all over the place. And even if I cover it with mulch, I know it's a really hard thing to get rid of and I just thought you might be able to give me a clue. Yeah, it is a really, really difficult plant to get rid of because as it spreads, it, it puts down its little lateral roots and so, it, you know, it's sort of leapfrogging. It just keeps on starting mm. again. So you might pull out some, but then the roots and, you know, the, the materials there just to keep ready to keep on going yeah, again. Yeah, usually it just breaks off. I don't even get any roots. 
coming yeah. out. So even I, I've even been trying to, you know, clear it up and you're just sort of there scrabbling away at the soil and you get these big, you know, handfuls of it. But, mm. you know, sh- you know, sure as the sun's going to come up the next day that, uh, you know, a couple of weeks' time, that wandering dew will be back there again. Mm. Um, look, if you're, you know, able or, or willing to use chemicals, um, you can use, you know, Roundup or Zero on it. Uh, mm. I, I would suggest, though, if you're going to do that, I've heard tales of people, uh, you know, actually sort of walking all over it and, mm. you know, breaking the membrane of the leaf uh, oh. to, to an extent to allow the chemical to settle and actually get in because it has this leaf that, um, you know, that the, the chemical beads and doesn't necessarily get absorbed in. So mm. it might also be that you want to put some, uh, you know, some washing liquid into that just to make it a bit soapy and a bit more sticky. But I have heard tell, you know, not to sort of stomp it into the ground, but just walk over it and just sort of break it up a little bit and that helps the absorption. Uh, interested okay. to hear if anyone's had, uh, you know, some more experience about that and see what works. But so, again, the, the heavy mulching, like you said, with the newspaper and, um, you know, just a sugarcane mulch or whatever mulch you're using is, mm. is the best natural way to try and get rid of it. So you'd have to be careful not to get the Roundup near the plants, though, wouldn't you? Absolutely, because remember, anything it touches, it's going to kill. Uh, mm. And I, I know that uh, my my colleague... <laughs> I can 100% vouch for that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's uh, been trying to be very, very careful, but uh, all but um, killed large patches of your... Very large patches of my front lawn. Yes. Oh, so, well, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't got a lawn, so that's not a problem. <laughs> but so but regardless... Spray it on the plants. Is that the thing? Yeah. So it, it, you just have to be very careful because even though you're spraying, as Greg's going to probably testify again, you'll it'll hit the ground and those droplets will just you know sort of then shatter mm. and, and go up and mist around and settle on okay. other plants. So you yeah. have to be incredibly careful when using Roundup or, or glyphosate is what the chemical is. Uh, yeah. That you know you're not going to you know create that damage. One way to do it, I guess, I've always thought about making up a you know like when your your pet goes to the your cat or your dog goes to the vets and they get those funnels that go on there. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've always thought about making something like that up for the spray so that you uh-huh. can put it down very, very close to the plant and any spray is mm. not then going to mist and, and billow up. Mm. So That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So All right. I'll give it a go. I haven't tried Roundup or Zero, so I'll do that. Yeah, but very careful with it. And good luck yep. with it, Ruth, and hope you keep it under control. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Scott. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. You'll be very, very close with the Roundup, I think. Yes, yes. Because even I was probably an inch away. It's still... Oh, okay. So you were that close and you oh, still have it. right on top of it. Yeah, so it does. It just hits, you know, the ground and goes and goes everywhere um, and then settles again. So, yeah, I don't... I, maybe the little funnel thing might work. People might have some, you know, ways to... I thought you were going to say put it on your own head. I'm going, how's that going to work? Oh, God. <laughs> And 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 don't just take your, your your dog or your cat to the vet just so you can get a funnel to put in, put on and uh, oh so you can use the funnel from that that'd be a big funnel a, it would be a big funnel you probably don't need something that big just get a bit of cardboard couldn't you yeah you could do that as well yeah it's doing a bit of a DIY I'm all afternoon we, we <laughs> and Scott I believe agapanthers are in flower at the moment they are out in flower and I remember the days when it you know it used to be the time where You'd have your agapanthus come out and flower. The nice, you know, flower head would come up and you'd have to sit there and watch them. Yep. Because people would come and break them off. Ah. I don't. I never engaged in any behaviour like that, and I hope you didn't either. Never. I was outside with a bullwhip. <laughs> cracking the boy, <my> friends. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
Agapanthus, it's uh, flowering season for them. Heaps and heaps of different varieties. You don't have to get the ones with the big, uh, you know, the big tall flower stem that Greg would have come along with his bull whip and knocked down. You can get dwarf ones as well. I was protecting the flowers. Oh, is that what you're doing? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were being cruel to them. No. Okay. Okay, righto. Okay. Protecting. I'll take it back. I'll take back what my criticism. What sort of person do you think I am? <laughs> well, you're a very nice person. So Agapanthus, get dwarf ones as well. Easy to look after. Uh, you can get them in whites, purples. You get the big ones in the whites and purples as well. Dwarfs, you can also get in, you know, little pinks. There's a whole lot of different varieties in the in the dwarf ones because they have been used now to create really fantastic little borders. Um, very easy to look after, very drought tolerant. I didn't realise, but uh, I, agapanthus can actually be used uh, to as a fire retardant. Right. Yeah, because there's such a, a fleshy plant in the leaf. Uh, if you need to, if you're in a bushfire prone area, mm-hmm. you can plant them around. It will slow down. Um, maybe not raging bushfires, unfortunately, but you know some fires across the ground and doing damage that way just gen- generally slow it around down. They're also great for uh, soil erosion as well because they have this big sort of matted root system. So yep. if you've got a bank you need to try and hold up, agapanthus are fantastic for that. Uh, obviously, if they're out in the full sun, they're going to you know tolerate that too. Um, interesting plant. They're actually uh, from the onion family and and come from sort of that southern region of Africa. So um, they're built to tolerate the heat. Yep. Uh, and uh, flower at this time of year, really easy to look after. You can split them as well if they start to get a bit too uh, wayward on you. Uh, just dig them out, uh, you know, split them down the middle with the spade. Uh, they're not going to look fantastic for a while, but they will definitely regenerate. Uh, and you can give them to the neighbours as well. They've got this funny sort of tuber down the bottom if you want to give it to the neighbours and they can grow some as well. All right, sounds like a bit of a super plant. It is a bit of a super plant. Uh, and look, you're out there protecting them as well by the sounds of things. It sounds like I don't need to. <laughs> don't look after themselves. <laughs> and we've got Helen from Fletcher, and she's got a question about her hydrangeas. Good afternoon, Helen. How can we help you? Oh, yes. Hello. Um, I brought a blue hydrangea. I put it in a pot, and I planted one in the garden, and now they're flowering pink. Yeah. Isn't that great? That's the great thing about hydrangeas. <laughs> yeah, but I want blue. Oh, so... We can fix it for you. We oh, we can. We can fix that. Oh, beaut, beaut. Yeah. So what do I do? So is blue meaning the soil's Alkaline or acid? Yeah, that, that's correct. Uh, a little bit alkaline. So you can go and actually buy uh, alkaline. Uh, sorry, a hydrangea bluer or pinker. That's what I used to call them, uh, right. and it will change the colour of the hydrangea for you. It might not happen this season. You probably just have to start using it. Uh, you know, again towards uh, you know when around you know August next year when the flowering material starts to come on. Uh, and that will change the, the colour of the flower again for you. So, so is it a soil? You put it in around the plant? No, no, it's actually just a, uh, just, just a, like a, a lime to make it more alkaline or sulphur to make it more, uh, more acidic. But you can actually get specific uh, little packets of uh, you know, hydrangea bluer or pinker if, if you want. And really it's just a packet of uh, an acidic product and a packet of an alkaline product to change the colour for you. And you just pop it on the flower? No, no, no. You have to water it into the into the, uh, oh, okay. into the ground. You. And then it's you. absorbed oh, up through the root system of the plant. So that's probably what's happened. You've put it into the potting mix. Uh, you know, it might have been slightly acidic there, or, you know, or alkaline. Not sure what's happened there with yours. And it's just changed colour. Uh, white ones don't change colour, though. They just stay as white. So it's a nice, safe one to get. Yeah, well, I've got a blue and it went white. So yeah. I don't know. And how quickly did that happen for you? 
Well, no, it was just, um, it was actually, I, I took a, a, a root, you know, and I planted it. Ah, so you took a cutting from someone yeah, else's... Yeah, cutting from a blue. Yeah, okay. So that's probably been in a, in a different, uh, you know, type of soil. Uh, you've put it in yours and it's just gone and changed colour for you. Yeah, okay. All right, cool. Okay, and I can just get that at um, Bunnings? Yeah, you can get it at uh, your local garden centre. They'll be able to help you out with that. Uh, you can get, like I said, specific ones. If you can't, uh, you can just use some lime or some sulphur. But if it's in a pot, you just have to be very careful about how you're doing that because you are just changing the the pH of the soil ever so slightly. So I think it's probably best to get the specific ones for hydrangeas and that'll have all the measurements and everything you need to, uh, to change your colours. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, All thank right. you very much okay, for the call. Appreciate bye. it. Bye-bye. Bye. Cheers. Thanks for that, Helen. Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM. Scott, we're almost out of time for another week, but you've got a couple more things up your sleeve. Yes, I was just going to talk very quickly about blueberry ash. It's a nice plant to have in the garden. Uh, it's a, originally a rainforest tree, but you can use it as a, a screening plant, uh, you know, down here in Newcastle around the Sydney area. It's got a little bit of a narrow uh, sort of uh, habit. It's a little bit upright. Uh, it gets to about nine metres tall if you let it and three metres wide, but a, a great plant to i guess you know hedge at about two to three meters high if you yep. wanted to uh and it will respond very well to hedging like that uh, look the great thing about it though is it's got these beautiful little pink flowers i guess the best way to describe them is they look like little fairy petticoats at right. this time of year okay yep fairy petticoats fairy petticoats at this yep. time of year and they they do actually smell very nice now once those flowers drop off it, uh it, we get these are uh, blueberries on there they're not blueberries as the ones we eat uh but that's how we get the the name blueberry ash for this plant right yeah so a really good easy growing uh it's you know it's fairly quick and it's quite hardy down here in newcastle region uh it will also tolerate a light frost so if you want to grow it up in the valley uh, you could do that as well uh just a yeah generally uh nice-looking uh, plant. All right, excellent. So a good plant to put on your back fence, I guess. Yeah, along the back fence. Uh, you can actually use it as a feature tree, a bit of shade tree. I guess it's a bit narrow, but uh, once a plant's, you know, nine metres tall, then it's going to be throwing out a fair bit of shade. But it's not going to put out a big canopy that you can go and sit under, right. for instance. So it goes straight up. It does go straight up, three metres wide. Yeah, just a nice-sized plant. Beautiful. Scott Sharp, thank you very much. We'll catch you again next Monday. Talk to you then. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.